Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This week we have observed the 50th Yortzeit, the anniversary of the death of Abraham Joshua Heschel, Zichrono Livracha. Rabbi Heschel was a monumental figure in 20th century Judaism whose impact continues on and will, God willing, continue on for generations. Rabbi Heschel was a philosopher of the highest regard, a student of Torah, a teacher of Torah, and the social activist whose experiences have taught all of us how important it is to be engaged in the world. For Heschel, it was civil rights movement, it was the anti-war movement, it was even the beginnings of the environmental movement that he invested so much energy and so much effort to show us that these were concerns for all and that this was the purpose not only of Judaism but of religious faith in general to make this world a better place. There's so many ways that I could honor Rabbi Heschel's memory in this particular podcast but in the interest of time I'm going to focus on only one particular area. And to think about a lesson from this week's Torah portion of Parshat Shemot with an interpretation from another wonderful teacher of Torah. In this week's Torah portion, we hear of the beginnings of the story of Moses and God's choice of Moses to be the leader of the people who will stand up before Pharaoh demand that Pharaoh allow the Hebrews to leave and take them to, as it turned out, the edge of the promised land. So why did God choose Moses? What was it about Moses that made God select him as the person who would lead the people? Many different ideas of which I'll share one. And those are the three vignettes that take place early in the life of Moses. After he has discovered he's a Hebrew, we don't know how he discovered that. The Torah doesn't tell us. But Moses goes out to see his brethren, it says in the Torah, to see his kinsfolk. And the first experience he has is encountering a Hebrew slave being beaten by an Egyptian taskmaster. The Torah says he looks this way and that and seeing no person there, no man around, and I'm using that word for a particular reason, but let's say no mensch, no human being that was going to stand up for this person who was being beaten, Moses becomes that person and strikes the Egyptian and kills him. Secondly, the next day it says Moses comes upon two Hebrews, one of whom is beating the other, and he intervenes. He says to the person who is hitting the other Hebrew, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The response from the one who is hitting is not the, the best in many ways. He says, what do you mean to kill me too, like you killed the Egyptian? And Moses is forced to run away, knowing that the act that he did in killing the Egyptian is now known. Then there is a third vignette. And that is also as the others in chapter 2 of Exodus. 
Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock, but shepherds came and drove them off. Moses rose to their defense and he watered their flock. So that's the third vignette, Moses saving the daughters of the priest of Midian from some kind of persecution or some kind of violence or uh, what, whatever it might have been at the hands of these shepherds. The Torah commentator Nechama Leibovitz, a brilliant teacher of Torah who died in the 1990s, in her 90s, and left a legacy of Torah study that is just phenomenal, says the following. Three times Moses intervenes on behalf of a weak person oppressed by a stronger one. First an Israelite beaten by an Egyptian, then an Israelite beaten by another Israelite, and finally the Midianite women harassed by shepherds. Had we been told only of the first clash, we might have doubted the unselfishness of his motives. Perhaps he had been motivated by the sense of solidarity with his own people. Had we been faced with the second example, we might still have had our doubts. Perhaps he was revolted by the disgrace of witnessing internal strife among his own folk. Came the third clash, where both parties were outsiders. His sense of justice and fair play was exclusively involved. Nechama Leibovitz teaches us that there are two motivating factors in Moses' actions. One is his concern for his fellow, fellow Hebrews. The other, as evidenced by the third case in which there were no Hebrews involved, the other is his dedication to justice and fair play, which of course was also part of the issue in the first two vignettes as well teaches us that a leader among our people needs to be concerned not only with our people, but concerned with the values that our people stand for. Among them, the values of justice, of equality, of inclusion, and also must see those values, must work for those values, not only within our community, but within the world in general. It's not enough, as a leader must do in the Jewish people, to care about our people, but that's not enough. We need to be concerned for others as well. We need to be concerned for the world and bring those values that are so important to us as Jews to play within our community and beyond. And this is certainly true of what Rabbi Heschel taught. He taught Talmud, which mostly, I'm sure, of interest to Jews. He taught Torah in a particularly Jewish way. He was concerned about our people, but his concerns went far beyond that. For the ethical treatment of other individuals within our community and concern for those throughout the world. In one of his most famous presentations, Rabbi Heschel said the following, Horizons are wider. Dangers are greater. No religion is an island. We are all involved with one another. Spiritual betrayal on the part of one of us 
affects the faith of all of us. Views adopted in one community have an impact on other communities. Today, religious isolationism is a myth. For all the profound differences in perspective and substance, Judaism is sooner or later affected by the intellectual, moral, and spiritual events within the Christian society and vice versa. That was in a speech that was specifically addressing to the Christian community, but it could be to any community, and it goes beyond religious communities as well. Because no religion as an island means no people can function as an island. We need to see our concerns go far beyond our own parochial needs, our own individual needs. So I wonder what Dr. Heschel would say today with the rise of anti-Semitism, with the rise of so many concerns that we have about the uh, difficult situation that we as Jews find ourselves in in the world. I'm sure he would redouble his efforts on the part of the community, but he would urge us, I am sure, not to be isolationist, not to close ourselves off, but to continue to strive to see not just our community, but the world in a better place. Because that's what our obligation is as Jews, to recognize equality, inclusion, and justice as being important within our community and beyond. A leader of our people, whether we're talking about rabbis, whether we're talking about community leaders, whether we're talking about government figures in Israel, need to be concerned, not just about the physical welfare of our people, but our spiritual welfare as well, are the values that we live by. And when we live by those values, we're not talking about extending them only to our fellow Jews, we're talking about being part of movements throughout the world which seek to bring every community to a better place. As Rabbi Heschel notably did with the civil rights movement and in so many other ways. And that way taught so many of us who would follow in his footsteps without ever hoping to attain the, the, the level of commitment and learning that he did, but to at least strive to be closer to what he stood for, to remind ourselves that no one person, no one community, no one faith, no one people is an island, that we need each other as human beings, and each of us needs to stand not just for the ritual traditions of our people, which were so important to Dr. Eschel, but to the moral, ethical, and spiritual values which underline them. May his memory be for a blessing. Until next time, thank you.